is coming up now on Established in the Faith. Do you realize in a lot of churches the cross is just window dressing? It's very little preached and taught in our churches today. But the cross of Christ is the very foundation of the church. and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. Bibles. Turn with me, please, to the book of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 13. 1 Samuel chapter 13. Move down, if you will, to verse 5. That's where we'll pick it up at today. 1 Samuel 13, verse 5. And the Philistines gathered themselves together to fight with Israel. 30,000 chariots and 6,000 horsemen and people as the sand which is on the seashore in multitude. And they came up and pitched in Michmash, eastward from Bethaven. When the men of Israel saw that they were in a strait, for the people were distressed, the people did hide themselves in caves and in thickets and in rocks and in high places and pits, Some of the Hebrews went over Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. As for Saul, he was yet in Gilgal, and all the people followed him trembling. And he tarried seven days according to the set time that Samuel had appointed. But Samuel came not to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. And Saul said, Bring hither a burnt offering to me, and peace offerings. And he offered the burnt offering. I just want to stop right there and use for a subject this morning the first testing of King Saul. The first testing of King Saul. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for his help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for every man, woman, boy, and girl that's under the sound of my voice today. Lord, your people have many needs. Lord, you know how to meet those needs. Lord, this morning I only have words, and I pray, Lord, that you will anoint these words. Anoint me to preach as you anoint your people to hear and receive of your word. And, Lord, I pray that we'll all be drawn closer to you. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen and Amen. The books of 1 and 2 Samuel gives to us a history of Israel during a time between the judges and the time of David, the second king of Israel. It was a hopeless time. The twelve tribes of Israel were scattered along the countryside. 
there was really no cohesiveness as a nation at this time. The Bible says that every man did what they thought was right in their own eyes. And on top of that, the influx of Philistines was coming in with their weapons of war, and they were all the time causing Israel problems. What I've just described to you is an apt description of the church today. We have a number of churches spread across this country of different denominations. There was a time when there was some cohesiveness among God's people, the church. There was a time when we were all founded on the cross of Christ and His finished work, but we have drifted away from that now. And there's no cohesiveness in the body of Christ. There's no leadership. Preachers will not preach the Word of God as they should because it might offend somebody. And people will withhold their giving. And as a result of that, there is an influx of false doctrine, doctrines of demons that is coming into the church today and causing all kind of problems. But it was during this time of Israel's history when things looked hopeless, when it looked as if though the Philistines were going to crush Israel out of existence, that God raised up Samuel. Samuel was the last judge of Israel and the first one to stand in the office of the prophet. And God would use the voice of Samuel to bring this conglomerate of tribes together that had no unity, had no cohesiveness. God would use Samuel to pull these tribes together and to form a nation, to come together as one. God help us today. We need more Samuels in the church. Men and women who are anointed of God to take a stand for things in the church. God, give us Samuels with the backbone like a Texas saw log that'll preach this gospel of Jesus Christ. Preachers who care more about what God thinks than what people think. And the children of Israel, they come to Samuel. Samuel, you're getting old. In other nations, they have a king that rules over them. And we want you to make us a king so we can be like all the other nations are. Now, all these other nations, they served heathen gods. They were ungodly people. And here we have God's people in the middle of all this ungodliness. And here they are wanting to be like everybody else. Again, that is an apt description of the church today we want to show the world that we can be just like them and have a good time this bible says come out from among the world and be ye separate the word church means called out ones you're called out you're called upon to be different we are a peculiar 
people. We're God's people. We're not like the world. We don't, we don't do the things that the world does. But see, it takes a lot of strength and some boldness to be different. And see, this is where the church has its biggest problem. This is where you young people sitting here and you older ones know what I'm talking about. This is where we have our biggest problem at. We want to fit in, and we, you teenagers, you want to fit in with the crowd, and you want to do the things that other teenagers do, but let me tell you, they're doing things out there today that is not in your best interest. Ungodly things. And the peer pressure is there to fit in. It takes a real woman to stand up against it. Young man, it takes a real man to stand up and say, No, I'm not going to do that, whatever that may be. We're to come out from among the world and be separate, saith the Lord, and ask the Lord to help us to be separate. And this thing displeased Samuel, and he went before the Lord crying and seeking God. And God said, Samuel, they have not rejected you. They have rejected me. Now, God wanted Israel to have a king. And it was God's intention for David to be the first king of Israel. That was God's intention. But Israel jumped the gun, so to speak, and said, we want a king and we want him now. Let me tell you this. When you get ahead of God, you're heading for trouble. God wanted them to have a king. But God had it lined up in His timing, not theirs. And God's got good things in store for His people. God's got good things in store for this church. God help us to not jump the gun, but to stay behind God and let Him lead us into those good things when He says it's time and when He says we are ready for it. See, see, God's timing is just as important as what He's going to do. And we get in trouble when we get ahead of God. And Israel got ahead of the Lord. and They wanted a king. They wanted Him now. God told Samuel, make them a king. And Saul was the end result. Saul was the people's choice, not God's choice. Saul was a work of the flesh. God told Samuel, Samuel you warn the people and tell them that if they go through with this, 
this king that they're asking for. He's going to take. Six times it's recorded. He'll take your sons. He'll take your daughters. He'll take your vineyards. He'll take your olive yards. He'll take, he'll take, he'll take. The people wouldn't listen. I wonder today how much of God's resources is wasted on Saul. I wonder today how much of God's resources is wasted on purpose-driven life. How much of God's resources is wasted on psychological programs, 12-step programs. How much of God's resources today is wasted on the Hebraic roots movement? How much of God's resources today is wasted on the seeker-sensitive thing? And the list goes on and on and on. Wasted on Saul, efforts of the flesh. Saul had some problems, and to prove these problems, God would test Saul. You see, we don't know that we have a problem until a problem is identified and God will send a test a testing the test is not so much to show God anything because God knows everything God knows but God will test you to show you things about yourself that you didn't realize that you had a problem in that area And the first test of Saul was this right here. Samuel told Saul to gather all the people to Gilgal. Wait seven days. And when I get there, I will oversee the offering of the sacrifice. So Saul did what Samuel asked to a certain extent. But as they gathered together there at Gilgal, the Philistines also began to gather. And they began to surround the children of Israel. The Bible says they had gathered there like the sand of the sea. And God's people began to look at these Philistines who had gathered. And they got their eyes on the Philistines instead of what they had truly been gathered there to do, which was worship God and to offer sacrifice. Let me tell you this. When we get our eyes off of our purpose, we're in trouble. There are going to be problems. We're going to have problems with the septic tank. We're going to have problems with the heating and air. We're going to have problems with the sound system. We're going to have leaks in the roof. We're going, to, we're going to have these issues that come up. But we should not allow the problems to cause us to get our eyes off of what we as a church are supposed to be doing. Our purpose as a church 
is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and to take it out to this community. That is our purpose. In everything we do, that should be number one top priority. And the first testing of Saul revealed that Saul had no respect, had no knowledge, had no confidence in the sacrificial system. He was to wait for Samuel to come and oversee that offering, but Samuel got caught in a traffic jam, and he was running a few minutes late. And Saul did not look at the sacrifice the way that he should have looked at it. And he said, bring hither the sacrifice, and he offered it up himself, a thing which he should not have done, which shows a lack of understanding. There's a lot of lack of understanding as it pertains to the sacrifice. Let me read this to you. Our biggest problem in the church today is a lack of understanding of the cross of Christ. Number one, we need to understand that the cross is the very first doctrine formulated in the mind of God from the foundation of the world. That's 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 through 20. Number two, we need to understand that every doctrine in the Bible must be built on the foundation of the cross or else in some way it is wrong. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 23. Number three, we need to understand that every single thing we receive from God comes from Christ as the source and the cross as the means by which we're able to receive from God. That's Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 14. Number four, we need to understand that the only thing standing between us and eternal hell is the cross of Christ. Galatians 5, 14. Number five, we need to understand how the cross of Christ works relative to our sanctification. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17. Number six, we need to understand the Holy Spirit will only work within the confines of the finished work of Christ. That's Romans chapter 8 and verse 2. We need to understand that walking after the Spirit, Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, is only done by keeping our faith in Christ and what He did for us at the cross. Number 8. We need to understand that the only way to overcome the sin nature in our lives is by maintaining our faith in Christ and His finished work at the cross. Romans chapter 6 Verse 14, number 9. We need to understand that the power of God is registered in the preaching of the cross. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. We need to understand that the very reason that Jesus came into the world, born of the Virgin Mary, God becoming man, was to go to the cross and die for all mankind. John chapter 1, verse 1. John chapter 1, verse 14. John chapter 1, verse 29. Number 11. 
we need to understand that there is no reconciliation between God and man except through and by the cross. Romans chapter 5 verse 10. We need to understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the cross of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 17. Number 13, we need to understand that when we place our faith in other things for salvation, then we are an enemy of the cross of Christ. That is Philippians chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. Number 14, we need to understand that when we place our faith in other things along with the cross, that is repudiating the cross of Christ. Ephesians chapter 2. Verses 13 through 18. Number 15. We need to understand that there is no righteousness outside of the cross of Christ. And without holiness, no man shall see God. That's Philippians chapter 3 and verse 9. It's also Hebrews 12 and verse 14. Number 16. We need to understand that the broken law of God was totally addressed at the cross and is no more incumbent upon us as believers. Colossians chapter 2, verses 14 through 15. Number 17. We need to understand that there is no salvation apart from the cross of Christ. John three sixteen. Number 18, we need to understand that the very reason that the Holy Spirit is able to come and take up residence within our hearts and lives and remain there forever is because of what Jesus did for us at Calvary, the cross. John 14, verses 16 and 17. Number 19, we need to understand that if the church offers anything else to the lost and dying world out here other than the cross of Christ, we are committing spiritual high treason. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 10. These are things that we as a church need to understand. We need to understand the importance, the significance of the sacrifice. That sacrifice that Saul asked them to come to typified Christ and his finished work at Calvary. And Saul looked at it as just a mere ceremony. It's just something we do. Do you realize in a lot of churches the cross is just window dressing? It's very little preached and taught in our churches today. But the cross of Christ is the very foundation of the church. And when we get away from the cross of Christ, when we emphasize other things above the cross, we're in trouble. And Saul said, bring the sacrifice here. Let's Let's go ahead and get this out of the way so we can get on to other things that are more important. Saul didn't care about the sacrifice. He didn't understand what it was all about. And Samuel came up immediately after Saul was finished. And Samuel said, what have you done? Because you have done this thing, 
God has rent the kingdom from you. Your kingdom will not be established now. Let me tell you something. One of the reasons why the original Free Will Baptist denomination is dying is because we've left the cross of Christ. We do not place the emphasis on the finished work of Christ like we used to. And let me tell you this. When you do that, friend, you're playing with death. And not only this denomination, but many others as well. Saul reigned for 40 years in Israel. He won a few battles here and there, but he never defeated the Philistines. The Philistines defeated him. In his last battle, the Bible says that the Philistines followed hard after Saul. One of the soldiers shot an arrow, and it hit Saul. And he was sore wounded, the Bible says. And they followed hard after Saul, and Saul knew that it was over. If they catch me, they're going to torture me, and they're going to do me in. And he asked his armor bearer to take the sword and run him through, and the armor bearer wouldn't do it, and Saul fell on his own sword and committed suicide. And the Philistines came later, found his body, and cut off his head. But it all started when Saul would not recognize his problem when God tested him. The first test had to do with the sacrifice. And he failed the test, and he refused to admit that he had a problem. See, he had a religious argument for why he did what he did. There's always a religious argument. But how do you view the cross of Christ? If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252 299 4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252-299-4234. This program is an outreach ministry of friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you to contact us or to contribute to this ministry go to establishedinthefaith.com click on the donate tab it's easy and all donations are safe and secure through paypal you can also mail us at established in the faith p.o box 601 bailey north carolina 27807 we look forward to hearing from you And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to establishinthefaith.com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina. Carolina, near the EMET community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. 
We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.